Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I was struck down upon the regret, vengeance, and furious anger. Those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. It's the Fact Daddy Experience Westworld Edition brought to you by DBR Podcast. I am the infamous, intangible, non-entity known as the Fact Daddy. And I'm just going to go into things about Westworld and I'm going to jump around and it's not going to be linear and at times it may be nonsensical but hey making sense of things is itself a nonsensical act and what I happen to be quite adept at so the first two episodes of Westworld were in hindsight extraordinarily phenomenal I very much enjoyed the opening scenes where Bernard slash Arnold that's just how I like to do it is questioning Dolores regarding whether or not her reality is questioned by her and if she feels as though she is in a dream and if she would like to wake from it that seems to be a question that we all would like an answer to and I don't think any of us have ever actually gotten that answer. Not even the Buddha. Meaning Siddhartha Gautama. But reeling it back in. Just that initial take, just that initial notion regarding consciousness and whether or not we are in a dream or we are awake. A further question could be even if we are within a dream what is the consciousness that makes us aware of the dream that makes us question whether we are awake or not what is that root cause and if so does it matter if we can identify it or not ultimately what we perceive and are aware of is narrow and limited in the scope of what we perceive to be as real anyway, right? So, I find that opening dialogue, that foundation, is something that is, it, it underpins the entire context of the show and of the story itself. And I feel like as the story continues to evolve, we will see more delving into this notion and how it relates to artificially constructed consciousness and how that type of consciousness relates to reality as composed by its creators who are us, the human beings. And of course, you know, Dolores has that 
on the porch catchphrase of some people choose to see the ugliness of this world, the disarray, I choose to see the beauty. It's a very interesting statement coming from Dolores slash Wyatt, especially in a broader context of what her revolution ends up representing in a broader context of the story and how her evolution tends to be one that meets an eye for an eye imperative meaning she doesn't shy away from violence she views it as just another stage of a progression in a greater consciousness you could tie that last statement into the fact that when you you get to see the experiment uh, that was is the Westworld Park and how the rich people wanted to transfer their consciousness into artificially constructed human bodies to obtain a pseudo immortality you can begin to understand how that can relate to something else and the something else is that database of experiences and different perspectives and different consciousnesses perceiving all gets downloaded into a singular consciousness that can observe all of them and then supersede them which is currently how I perceive the embodiment of the path of Wyatt slash Dolores Another statement I found interesting in that first episode was at one point or another, we were all new to this world. And that seems to be key in the sense that death itself is an act of renewal. You want to bring into the world a different perspective, a different take, a different consciousness, a different approach. And in order to do that, what came before must invariably and inevitably cease to be so that there is a renewal just as the seasons come and go our forms and beings come and go so that their new forms arise and there are new ways to be literally and you see oddities throughout when you see the children playing and then they put a scorpion on a sleeping drunkard's hand that's an odd thing blah sorry about that or when you see more specifically seeing here the outsiders the human beings coming into the park discussing you know the experience and how it's supposed to be so mind-blowing because they paid so much money for it as though the money is what created the experience not the actual experience itself so there's a certain level of blindness going into a situation where you're interacting with beings who literally are the penultimate simulacrum of human beings and 
that in and of itself is fascinating. Another thing, and I probably should get a little more detailed in how I annotate my analysis of this show, but regardless, the course of a whole life can change with just one chance encounter. I think uh, in a lot of ways this is definitely true. Because depending on what precipice of awareness you are in in this world currently, uh, given your openness and what your potentiality is or what you've allowed it to be, a certain encounter with a certain individual or group of individuals could potentially alter your entire existence and alter your entire consciousness to the point where you no longer perceive through the same perceptual grid. You kind of evolve out of a certain conditioning whereby you are literally present in the moment and your thought process is superseded by that greater awareness. And what I mean by that greater awareness is the same awareness that makes your heart beat would be the same greater awareness that you would intuit your reality from with a deeper intelligence. Ultimately, even just from looking at the first two episodes, you could clearly see that it's going to be very difficult for Teddy to keep up with Dolores. There's just something innately different about the two of them. There's something far more complex brewing in the physical and metaphysical machinations of... Dolores as opposed to Teddy and it's interesting that they bring up the Judas steer because if you pick him out the rest will follow and it's interesting especially as it regards the relationship of Dolores and Teddy I feel as though in a lot of ways Teddy might have been her Judas Steer and she might have been Arnold's. So when we look at the reverie updates that Ford puts into the hosts, we can see how complex things are and When you see that little boy tell Dolores that she's not real. That's a fascinating moment how she accepts it. Even as his parents take him away. Because I think it's an odd thing to tell a conscious being of any type that ultimately they're not real. The inference is that they're not human. And to be real is to be human. Whereas the reality is nothing needs to be human or conscious in a way that we can understand to be real. And apparently... 
Another interesting thing was when Dolores' father, Abernathy, finds the picture-slash-artifact. Uh, the object in the picture is the man in black's wife from the outside world. And I think that that itself was like a trigger for Abernathy. And even Abernathy... Even though in a manner of it being just a semblance of awareness, nonetheless was triggered into perceiving that there were underlying realities beyond the comprehension of his awareness. And I think that that in part also influenced Dolores' evolution. Uh, one of the most beautiful statements in this show, and it's found in these two episodes, is that evolution forged the entirety of sentient life on this planet by using only one tool, the mistake. I think that the implications of that statement are vast in that what we consider a conscious outgrowing or outcropping of awareness in an evolutionary progression in fact negates the, the reality that there's an unpredictability to change throughout existence that there is an ebb and flow a rhythm, a dance and that this dance is not dictated by the precepts of a consciousness that is conscious that in fact there are a myriad of processes that are underlying all activity in this world that are beyond our conscious awareness and understanding and that what could be perceived as a mistake in one moment actually could be the doorway to an entire different way of experiencing existence um I like the fact that Ford intimates the nature of immortality as the end of human evolution. I think that the implication of that is obvious. I think that how we perceive human evolution itself may be flawed. In that much of how we exist is in an illusory state where we begin to believe the deceptions and misdirections we present to our own psyches as we evaluate ourselves from an insecure standpoint and then try to engage the world to obtain riches and attention from others in order to relatively feel superior when ultimately there's this deep sense of suffering and self-loathing in the air around all of us. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. These violent delights have violent ends.
There's also a scene where I wonder what Bernard said to Peter Abernathy. And I'm not even sure it was Bernard. I question whether it was. I think it was. It's interesting. Um... There's a disturbing twist, obviously, where you have the host basically are pure slaves. The humans can do whatever they want to you. You cannot do what you want to them. It's a very deep slave paradigm. They pay to visit your world because they abhor their own. And they want to gratify their darkest, deepest desires in a world where there are no ramifications for their actions. Of course, this is not entirely true. And ultimately, we see that with the man in Black William's wife and how understanding who he was in that world broke her spirit. It's that paradigm of what if Pinocchio was a real boy? What if the objects were alive? Um, I feel like there's a, a dissonance as contagion running through the story. For it seems as though that phrase... That Arnold liked to repeat the from Shakespeare, these violent delights have violent ends, acted as a kind of dissonance contagion. Um, I feel as though Maeve was triggered by Dolores with this phrase. I also feel that um, that that contagion is what runs through the course of the story leading up to the host's evolution slash revolution and to Wyatt Dolores entering our world and the repercussions of that to come. So I don't I don't know. It's it's so much information going on in that story. I'm just covering the first two episodes, really. I mean, I do allude to other episodes, but it's amazing because I feel like the first season, and the first just the first few episodes with the acorn, and as it progressed and continues, you get to see the chestnut tree. Hopefully, that's the right tree. <laughs> Uh, one of the interesting things that was said is you can't play God without being acquainted with the devil. Um, 
having a reaction to seeing yourself and having that self-awareness and understanding that self-awareness and translating it into the knowledge of duality inherent within being and that there is no definitive good or evil. They're all relative to an interaction and dynamic and that interaction and dynamic is almost unconscious like the internal functioning of your body where there isn't a conscious awareness dictating how many times your heart beats or how many breaths you take but there is an unconscious awareness dictating all of this so the man in black interesting in that I think he was a quasi successful byproduct of his father-in-law's investment uh, he's attempting as well to seek immortality and he had a very long run in terms of what his form was capable of remembering doing and how it acted it was literally a, a brilliant performance but the actual nature of William the man in black it's hard to ascertain but he is ultimately the byproduct of a failed hybrid state of existence you're no longer really human consciousness and you're not really uh, an artificial construct of inanimate awareness you're somewhere in between when Ford says everything in this world is magic except to the magician that's a fascinating statement and it seems kind of derivative of the nature of being in the universe where the universe itself is magic but the nothing from which it comes may not perceive it as magic for it all emanates from itself so that's interesting all in all I think overall that first season and what it represents is almost one of the most perfectly executed layouts for a complex and intelligent show slash story I've ever seen done up until this moment in time. It's truly extraordinary, eye-opening, and engaging on a multitude of levels that I think doesn't force but cajoles and entices the viewer to watch repeatedly so that they can pick up on the nuances that might be overlooked because the information and the presentation is so rapid fire that you might simplify this complex and dynamic masterpiece. So anyway, those are just some of my thoughts on the first two episodes of Westworld. 
I'll be discussing more episodes and I'll notify you about the order. I could just talk about season two, episode eight. I could talk about season one, three, and four. I don't know the sequence yet. It's whatever moves me. But Westworld's definitely a beautiful thing. Uh, if you don't watch it, you should. At least that's my recommendation. And if you do watch it, keep watching it because there's so much there. Uh, this is the Fact Daddy. Thank you for your time. Be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Those who are in areas affected by weather and other situations, I hope you remain safe and healthy. And until the next time, be easy and take care of yourselves. And thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.